What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, today we are yet again going to talk about the Sabres offseason. We are now in mid-August. At the time of everybody listening to this, it will be August 14th. We are about a month away from the preseason getting underway. And I got to tell you, Taylor, that with each passing day that the Sabres do not make a move, it feels more and more like this offseason was not only a massive disappointment, but also a major, major missed opportunity. You've seen a lot of the Sabres counterparts, whether within the division or who are going to be within the wild card race, making a little bit of bigger moves. And when you think back to our conversations really leading up to the end of the season, a lot of the things that we were saying, a lot of the discussions we were having with regard to the offseason was that this team needed to make one big splashy kind of acquisition move, whether it was on the blue line or in net with Jack Quinn's injury that opened up that possibility for potentially even within the forward groups, but really all along it was you get that big addition to your top four defensive group, or you swing for the fences or even just go for somebody that's just like a very solid average NHL goaltender that just doing something to really address the position and not just continuing to have the exact same roster year over year. You know, obviously, as we know, the Sabres made a couple of quality depth signings and Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson. And it seems as though Connor Clifton is going to really get the first crack of playing alongside Owen Power. And while Clifton could end up being a fine player for this team and a a good complementary piece, it's really I think left a lot to be desired that there hasn't been any other corresponding moves besides these two. So Taylor, my question for you is while we still have a little bit of time here before the season gets underway and there still very well could be a move that could happen or will be announced soon, whether it's tomorrow or the day after that, or two weeks from now, whatever, do you feel as though this off season has been both a disappointment and major missed opportunity for the Sabres and Kevin Adams? Yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah. Like it, it should go without saying that what really matters is what happens on the ice. So this never is really proven until they actually, you know, get out there and play. But I think there's a good chance, you know, they obviously still make the playoffs this year in spite of this offseason not uh, being much. We talked about before, before the offseason really started that they really had a lot of guys under contract or under team control and that maybe there wouldn't be too many moves, but really wanted a goalie to pair with Levi and a big swing at defense. Uh, And it's a weird thing because they had seven guys under contract at defense. So we figured you'd lose one of them, pick up another guy to play in the second pairing and then figure it out from there. And that they didn't do that. Instead, they added two guys, neither of whom really moved the needle that much in my opinion, even though they're both fine moves and they didn't get rid of anyone yet. And they still have Victor Olofsson. So they have, I mean, I know Jack Quinn is hurt. So maybe they're looking at it as a, Olofsson plays well we, we've talked about this already but someone else steps up Olofsson steps into their spot he's still around and then Quinn comes back and maybe they trade Olofsson then I don't know about all that I mean we'll see uh so they didn't make a move on that front they did not make a move on the goalie front and yeah they're they're basically their only moves of any value were getting Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton and we'll see if Connor Clifton's a solid second pairing guy I'm confident that he's a good NHL defenseman I don't know if that's he's at the level of player that they need. And then Eric Johnson is just like, you know, it's a a veteran when you need a veteran, but yeah, looking at it overall, this feels like a huge missed opportunity. They made two, two big jumps, two years in a row, and you can't just keep relying on young guys to fill in those gaps, especially because Brendan, as we know, the young guys, you can reasonably expect to take a step forgetting the fact that one of them is out for three months or so of the season. They're all forwards. Ryan Johnson's not going to be up next year. Hey, maybe, I mean, I should say Owen Power could get better, but that's not what we're worried about. I'm kind of already baking in the idea that Owen Power is going to be better and that Samuelson will be good if he's, you know, hopefully he's healthier than he was last year. And Darlene will be good. Great, even. Darlene will be great. The the question always after that was like, and then what? And now, like, replacing Yogi Haru with Connor Clifton is fine. Like, that's... It seems like but an he's upgrade. still here too. <laughs> yeah, but he's also still here. So you kind of got to yeah. figure this out, guys. You can't have nine defensemen. You got to get rid of at least one of these guys. Uh, and and also like UPL, uh, there's still not that much evidence to me that he's going to be a good NHLer. And now, honestly, now that the more I've thought about it in the past month or so, I kind of wonder if it's going to be Levi and Comrie. 
Really? Elaborate? Yeah. What's that? Elaborate? Well, what evidence do we have that UPL is a better goalie than Comrie? I mean, Comrie had a slightly lower save percentage last year. They were both abysmal. But if you really look at Comrie's season, a lot of his negatives, both in terms of save percentage and expected goals against, a lot of that, or goals saved above expected, I should say, a lot of the negativity comes from two really bad starts. One, them leaving him in for 10 goals against uh, Dallas. And then there was, I'm forgetting it now. He was in there also for a seven-goal game. Now, that's terrible. You can't just have a 10-goal game and a seven-goal game. But outside that, in his starts, he was just kind of a blech goalie. Whereas UPL, uh, his were kind of spread out. A lot of five goal games. Uh, he like had a really solid. I, I want to say it was December that he was really solid, mm-hmm. but that was one month. But December, January, I guess maybe two months. But yeah, a lot of the rest of the season he didn't play October. So like November, February, March, April, and he didn't play in April because they were just starting Levi a bunch. Not good. So I don't know at this point wh- why I initially just I guess. Uh, thought that Com- like Comrie would definitely be or UPL would definitely not be there but that just that whole brings up a whole nother point that I hadn't really thought about like then what do you do with UPL since you can't put him in Rochester without waving him I don't know that's a mess I wish I didn't have to think about that I wish they had this settled already but they don't and that's kind of disappointing and I know what I think you're going to say here in a second is that Kevin Adams really his additions that he's made so far have all either been through the draft or with selling those are his major additions. His biggest non, you know, draft and or s- selling, which is, you know, they sold Risto, Reinhardt, Eichel, and Hall. Is it Clifton? Is it? Could it be Clifton? Mm. Oh, my. Oh, my God. It actually is. Yeah. Mm. That has to be, right? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, me neither. I and mean, like, okay, we they retained a lot of guys this offseason. So those are their moves. Oposo, Gerkinson, and Jost. Actually, fine with retaining all three of those guys, but you know, you it's almost like this offseason is a net negative because Quinn got hurt. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. One piece I want to mention on UPL too is that you're very right that you really can't put him through waivers because somebody will take him. And if you were going to go out and do something to address your goaltending this offseason, and you were going to go get a guy that was maybe a little bit more established, isn't UPL exactly the kind of piece that you would want to trade in that sense? Because it's a, a younger, previously highly touted goalie who's got a little bit of mileage on him in terms of his NHL experience, but still has some NHL experience and very much fits the profile of one of the quote unquote, just needs a new, a change of scenery, needs a new home to be able to maybe find his footing a little bit. There absolutely would be a team out there that would, many teams I would assume that would consider him to at least be somewhat of a valuable piece as part of a a larger deal there. And we've talked about the options for who, you know, at least for approaching via trade, whether it's obviously more of the unrealistic ones in the sense of, you know, like a heli buck trade or something like that. We've talked about Gibson, but even I, I would be very curious to, you know, kick the tires over with Vegas and see what's going on with them. I mean, they have Aiden Hill. Logan Thompson is really the name that I'm very curious about, but they also have Robin Laner there as well. So a lot of questions there. It just feels like there there was movement to be had. There was movement anyways that happened within this offseason. And it's not like, you know, these veteran starting goalies grow on trees or anything like that. But like, Jesus Christ, like show you have a little bit of a pulse here. Like go do something to try and improve the position. You, you, you just did nothing. And cannot stress this enough. There's a very real chance that even in the long term, he's going to be great. That Levi might not be ready for this workload right now. And if he isn't, that is catastrophically bad for this team, for his psyche. I mean, I don't know, like his long-term development, I think he'll be fine, but like that could be really bad that if you come out of the gate hot and then you go start slumping really bad and the new year comes around and he's battling for his confidence and everything like that, but you just have to keep trotting him out there because you don't have any other options. It's like you you kind of have worked yourself into a corner here a little bit. And the other thing too, we talked about this a couple of Months ago, I think, I think it was at least a couple months ago, but what is it with Kevin Adams and just not wanting to make a trade? Like, I understand. It is. It doesn't seem like he wants to lose a trade. Well, right. Like, I understand you have valuable assets here. Like, you have uh, many really, really quality guys within the system on the roster right now, what have you. But the thing is, is they are more well-equipped than probably any other team in the NHL to make a big move, a splashy move like this to put yourself ahead. 
And I think what's interesting, I was talking with a friend of mine about this uh, over the weekend that we, we were just talking about how the fact that people oftentimes will make the comparison between like Buffalo and New Jersey, for example, that Buffalo is kind of like maybe like a leg behind where New Jersey is right now, just in that there's a similar young nucleus of talent, a lot of really, really high end, highly skilled players on that team. But the thing for me is in the buildup to where New Jersey is right now, they went out and made external additions. They threw a bunch of money at Dougie Hamilton when they had the capability to, and obviously that's their big marquee signing, but look at some of their other real acquisitions that they were able to make to supplement the rest of the lineup. I mean, whether it's Andre Palat this past offseason, you can look at Seagerhalter and what he's meant to their top four defensive group. Uh, you know, Ryan Graves, I know they had brought in. Uh, they, they've they've gone out and got guys to try and- Meyer? Timo Meyer, oh my God, yeah, duh, Timo Meyer, uh, Vanacek as well. Like they've gone out and at least tried to do something. I mean, obviously they've taken a few pretty big swings, but they did it right. They went out and looked for a guy like, again, like Seagerhalter, where I feel like in a way it's maybe a, a reduced version of Colorado going after Devontae's, where it's like uh, you can go out and find these guys that are on teams where whether it's due to cap constraints or whether it's due to the team not being in a in a playoff contending spot right now that you can go and pick some of these guys from some of these more underwhelming teams and they just they they haven't done anything they they haven't taken a big swing they barely taken a, a swing at all I, I think Clifton and Johnson absolutely make your you know net average of your defense better but why don't you go out there and get somebody who's going to move the needle for you? What, where is this resistance coming from? Because uh, again, until they eventually make the move, we need to keep acknowledging the fact that for all of these incredible pieces that this team has, these guys are not all going to be able to be sabers someday. And sure, you want to be mindful of how long you want to hang on to them and making sure that you can kind of see through the development because a lot of times when these guys are in their their late teens or early 20s, you can tell like the ones who really start to separate themselves in the pack. Like Yuri Kulik is like a perfect example of that. You know, we, I mean, granted with him, it was pretty quick, but you were able to see how he's really come along fast. I think Isaac Rosane is a, is a very interesting case with this as well, where I think people initially were maybe a little bit underwhelmed with the pick. I know it wasn't my favorite at the time, but you knew there was a lot of skill there and you had to see how he was going to develop and you give him time. And I think now people are significantly higher on him than they were a year ago. And I, I get that. You want to be clear of that. You don't, you know, want to trade away Noah Oslin and then he goes and becomes a, uh, selkie candidate or something like that but the fact of the matter is you don't know that right now and what you can do though is take those guys wherever they are however touted they are and be able to use them to go out and get a known proven commodity that can help you now and into the future we, we can't just be hedging our bets on only internal development you know more likely than not a lot of these guys granted there's because of the fact that there's so many high quality guys like a good amount of these pieces could hit for you like conceivably they absolutely can but you're going to be working yourself into a corner if you keep waiting around to be able to pull the trigger and go out and get somebody that can actually help you now that you know is a proven NHL contributor you know and it and it again it doesn't have to necessarily be Timo Meyer right now obviously that would have been amazing but just somebody who is just like a really really solid player and I think the other side of this too that I'm curious for your thoughts on, we've talked about this topic a little bit, is acquisition costs and things like that. I also think that the Sabres are in a position that, listen, if you got to overpay a little bit for a guy, go get your guy, you know, like do what you got to do. Obviously you don't want to give up some gaudy return in for, you know, like a guy who's a year away from a UFA without an extension or something like that. But if you were able to go get Brett Pesci, and you were able to have an extension agreed with him at the time. Give a little bit extra if that means just getting getting you across the finish line here. There needs to be some sense of desperation in ending the league's longest playoff drought. Yeah, I, the I agree with that. wants to play it cool and they want to make it seem like they're not deviating from a path, but it's like, dude, you're on the doorstep right now. Like you are at the path, you know, like you have done what you've needed to do. You've gotten yourself to this point where you are ready to compete. And if you are at that point, it's malpractice to not try and make your team better when you have the pieces to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of when McDermott and Bean took over in 2017, 
we just passed the anniversary of the famous Watkins and Ronald Darby got traded the same day. That was a wild day. And I think that, that day, me and a lot of other people were pretty mad. And then later that season, same thing when they benched Tyrod for Peterman when they were still in the playoff race. And it was like, you might have just got here, but you still own this drought. You represent the franchise now. The franchise owns this drought. And it's not your fault, but it does matter to people that the drought ends. And they got really lucky that the drought did end that year. The Bills were not all that great of a team. Super big negative point differential, only nine and seven. A lot of stuff went their way. Uh, the Sabres, you know, if they make the playoffs, they probably won't be as luck-based. But I think people here really are starved for playoff hockey. But beyond that, it's not even just playoff hockey. It's like good playoff hockey. Yeah, they made the playoffs in 2011 and 2010. They haven't actually won a round since 2007. Yep. That's such a long time. That's 16 years. So the 16 years already passed. So it'll be, it's let's say next year, if they were to win a round, that'd still be 17 years. It would be almost a third of the entire history of their franchise. It's, it's bad. They already went through a goddamn 10 year drought when they were still making the playoffs in 83 to 93. It's not, it's, it really sucks to have two droughts like that uh, of that length uh, for a, a franchise that's been moderately successful, like more so than the bills historically so yeah i think there has to be some urgency here like really it can't just be like we'll probably make the playoffs this year like no you you gotta try to guarantee that for a lot of reasons not just because of this but also like you got to look at your own window like we do think like even when the time comes and there's no more skinner perhaps if there's no more tuck that that there'll be a good generation behind them but i mean look at this year it's oposo's last year in all likelihood Gergensen's it might be his last year as a Sabre more than a decade with the franchise now. And you don't know how longer Jeff Skinner is going to be good. You don't know. Uh, additionally, like Tage and uh, Tucker both in their primes. And I don't think they're like, they're in the early part of their prime, I would say, but you don't know how long someone's prime is going to be on one hand. On the other hand, you know, is and all in the grand scheme of things is short. It's a short, it's a short time. You really got to take advantage of it. Like uh, someone that comes to mind is the Blackhawks really took advantage of the first half of Taze and Kane's primes. But Taze is a good example. He's actually is the rule, not the exception. Like Crosby and Ovechkin are the exception. Yeah. I know Taze's thing might seem like a freak thing because he has a kind of a chronic illness that just happened in his 30s. That's that specific thing doesn't happen a lot. But when you're in your 30s, if it's not one thing, it's the other thing for most NHL players. It's still like that, even for great players. You get in your 30s, you're not as productive. Kind of how it goes for almost everyone. And if you're lucky, you, you age pretty gracefully. Like, who's an example? Like, Kopitar is a good example. He gets, mm-hmm. you know, slightly less good every year, but he's still good. That's if you're lucky. A lot yeah. of guys are not that lucky. And you can look at, you know what? The best way to do it, look at any given year. Look at the Arizona Coyotes cat friendly. See who's on their LTIR. And you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about Jacob Voracek in a while. What happened to him? He's never going to play again. Or whoever it is that year that's on their LTIR. Yeah. Um, I think the other side of that too, Taylor, that to your point is that it's not also that it's just how long someone's prime is. The thing that I think about with regard to this too, is you don't know when the peak of that prime is going to be. And so if you can do anything to take advantage of that, like that's what you got to be conscious of. Like, obviously, you know, we're all hyped about the idea, like, Oh, is Tage going to be able to hit a hundred points this coming season? But like, Part of the argument you could make for them making a move last year when they didn't is what if Tage is like a perennial like 85 point guy and doesn't break 90 again? Or like what if Alex Tuck isn't actually a point per game player? Like what if he's like just shy of that? You you just don't know. Like am I saying that I believe either of those things? Like no, of course not. Like I think Tage very well could play as well as he did last year and even better. Same thing for Tuck. Like they're in their primes. We know how good they are. They work in this system. They, their growth has been real, but when you have guys that are playing like this, and I guess this, another way of putting it is, is like, you don't know when even like the micro decline is going to start, but you know, things are really good right now. You know, these guys are in a good spot. They're all coming off of career years right now. How can you look at their stats from last year, how close we were last year and just not want to do anything to throw them a bone and give them some further support within the lineup, whether it's in at at any position for that matter. It's just, it's mind boggling to me 
all these guys had incredible years last year and you're not going to try and do anything to get better. Like, yeah, you, it's, you it's can crazy. be a real contender here. Like this team is good enough to, they score enough to, you get league average goaltending and you clean up some of the team defense and some of the structure breakdowns and stuff like that in the defensive zone. And this is a team that can compete in the playoffs, not just like sneak in and grab a playoff spot. Yeah. I agree. So I also would say, based on what you said earlier, you said you don't want to give up someone that's going to be really good or ends up being really good in a trade. You know, as one of the young guys like Oslin, for example. But here's a trade from 2011, the summer of 2011. The Flyers trade their captain, Mike Richards, and forward Rob Bordson to the Kings for Wayne Simmons, Braden Shen, and a second round pick. You think the Kings regret that? You think they regret giving up Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen? Nope. Even though Mike Richards wasn't even that good by the second cup. Yep. They got that first cup out of him. And you know what? You don't even worry about it after that. Oh, Wayne Simmons went on to a nice, like, I don't know, really nice eight years after that. Mm-hmm. Mostly with the Flyers. Uh, exactly four games with the Sabres and then a couple years with the Leafs. You think they're really broken up about that? No. They're thinking about the two cups they won. And in fact, Wayne Simmons is still in the league. The Kings are already good again. Mm-hmm. So you Brain won't care if you give up. still a top six center. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you also, uh, you won't think about like, for okay, you have to avoid the obvious ones, Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg, but that's your fault. You got to understand who your prospects are and you got to understand who Martin Erat is. Right. Don't right. be an idiot. <laughs> right. It, it's exactly like you could even look at it from the Sabres example. Do you think that, I mean, granted the Kings won two cups, but like, even though Tage is as good as he is, do you think that St. Louis Blues fans would want to have a do-over of that trade? No, because O'Reilly got them what they needed in that moment. It paid off. If you end up winning a cup because of it, who cares in reality who you end up giving up? Because at the end of the day, that is what the entire point of being a team is. It's not built, having the most amount of like prospects or pieces or anything like that. Like The point is to go out and win a cup. Yes, it's to compete in the playoffs year after year and 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 be one of those teams that's able to eventually get over the hump and get through. And you've been able to have this incredible homegrown talent. But again, if you look at there's just endless cases of teams making moves like this and it paying off in spades for them. Yep. And I should say, uh, Kevin Adams, six weeks left, roughly until the first preseason game, five weeks till training camp or so. Mm-hmm. And then about two months till the first actual regular season game. There's still time, bud. There's always time. Absolutely, there is. So do we uh, want to hear guys out there still too? Like there's realistic moves he can sign. Make. Jonathan Taze. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh my god. But there are still good, uh, solid players out there. I wonder if a lot <laughs> of these guys are waiting for a PTO. I mean, there's solid players out there, but even like trades, like oh yeah, that too. You could go get Pesci. You can go get Noah Hannafin. You like there's there's nothing keeping you from doing that right now. True. True. Do what you got to do to get your guy. Jesus. If it means we're gonna make the playoffs, who cares? If it means that it's gonna make us better now and into the future, who cares? That is literally the point. It, it maybe you give up a little bit more, but it puts you further along the path to your end goal. Full stop. That's right. And you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> what, Taylor? That this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age will vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible match. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 
10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And of course, this podcast is also brought to you by Raycon. And folks, you know, even if you're not going on vacation this summer, summer is all about a vacation state of mind. So whether I want to listen to my good friend Phoebe Bridgers on repeat or just retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people to stay calm with some guided meditation. And I use my Raycons all the time. When I go to the gym, when I'm doing dishes around the house, you know, cleaning up a little bit, uh, during work sometimes. Sometimes I even pop them in during the podcast when Brendan's uh, talking about something. I'm like, all right, let me, let me see what's going on here. So let me tell you right now, though, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use the earbud tap function to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Straight Up Sabres listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% off on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay, and folks, our third sponsor, the wonderful Thin Man Brewery. Before we say anything else, we should say we will be there Wednesday night, the 16th. Trivia, Brendan, starting at 7 p.m.? Yes, 7 o'clock, Thin Man Chandler. And if you haven't been before, you should know we do three Bills categories, three Sabres categories, and one miscellaneous category. And if you want to know what the miscellaneous category is this week, uh, too goddamn bad we didn't come up with it yet. So. <laughs> Check that out. And as always, that's a good time. We haven't done it at Chandler yet. We used to do it at the Elmwood location, but always a good turnout. Uh, Brandon, should people call ahead to reserve a spot or just show up? Uh, it's not a bad idea, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea to give them a call on Monday or Tuesday during their business hours. Uh, check their website to see when they open and uh, give them a call and try to reserve a spot for trivia because it can fill up. I don't know what our crowd will look like this time, but, you know, it's the summer. People are excited for both these teams, so... Hopefully we see a good crowd there and it's always a good time. Uh, you know, try some of their beers you haven't tried yet. I'm about to get to some of those and they have excellent food. Capo pizza, as I understand it. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's great. I've had it there before. So yeah, that will be there. Like I said, that's the 16th. That's this Wednesday at 7 PM. And there's always prizes for first place, second place, third place, and the first perfect round. Yeah, actually. Ooh. One of the prizes we have, do you want me to tell this? We talked about this. I haven't told you this. Well, we talked about it a while ago, but I have it now. We're going to start doing jerseys, and uh, we're going to be giving away a Tyler Ennis jersey to one of the perfect round winners. Ooh, Brendan, what size jersey is that? Is it Brendan sized? It's a large jersey. Okay, large jersey. All right, folks. So, Thin Man's not just about us, though. Let me tell you about a couple. Let me tell you a couple of three things. To start with this, Oktoberfest. It's almost that time of year. Thin Man's seasonal Oktoberfest dropped Friday. So it's out right now. It's a 6.3% Marzen lager. And according to Thin Man, it's highlighting Vienna and Munich malts. That's a classic German-style lager. True to its style, crisp, light-bodied, subtle hop character, mild sweetness. It's just like being in Munich, or so I'm told. So that's available at Chandler right now. You might want to try it on Wednesday, for example. It's also available in four packs to go. Another thing, folks, it's also this time of year. It's time for Pills Mafia. Oh, and yeah. just in time for the 2023 Bills season, what do we have? The third version of Pills Mafia. You've seen it in 16 ounces. You've seen it in 12 ounces. Folks, you got a big boy coming. Mm. I don't want to say too much more, but Think of a beer that's bigger than 16 ounces. Now think about shotgunning that in the parking lot at 11 a.m. And then think about the Bills winning, let's say, 38 to 17 against the Raiders. Think about how much fun that could all be. 
that does sound pretty fun. Yeah, think about driving home and you have like this pounding headache, but you're like, you know what? I don't even care because the Bills just won and Josh Allen had four touchdowns. I'm so glad I shotgunned this gigantic Pills Mafia. Wow. It's happening, folks. It's coming soon, faster than you might think. This is an old saying that says, as sure as Thin Man Brewery makes Pills Mafia, the Bills will be in the Super Bowl one day and sooner than you may think. I just came up with that right now. It's not based on anything famous. So, Thin Man Brewery, folks, the official brewery of Tage Thompson and of Straight Up Sabres. Wow. You heard it here first. All right. Who wants to do a quiz? I do. What do we got, Taylor? Okay, Brendan. So, as you just mentioned, a lot of the free agents, uh, there's some free agents that haven't been signed, some players waiting on tryouts, some guys who might still get traded. Rosters are very unsettled right now. But you know what's not unsettled? Tell me. The coaching staffs. But Brendan, can you tell me every NHL team's coach? Oh, my God. We did this last year, too, but you we would not did. believe how much this shit changes. <laughs> there have been, I believe I counted, let me see here. Yes, more than half the league has changed hands since the last time we did this. Because more than half the coaches started after the first day of 2022. How about that? That's oh insane. So we'll go in order. Uh, it should start out easy because uh, these are the guys have been around forever. And I think you might be able to get everyone, but if not, you should probably still get at least like 28 out of 32. So, you know, you might want to aim for that as a good goal. Uh, okay. All right. Can All right. I, are we going in alphabetical order? No, we're going in order of how long they've been there. Oh, okay. 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 So Tampa Bay. Mr. John Cooper. That's right. Since March of 2013, things really started to turn around basically as soon as he got there. All right. Second longest, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins. That would be none other than Mike Sullivan. Yep. Since December 2015. The Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche is Jared Bednar. That's right. August 2016. Carolina Hurricanes. Big nose. That's it's a good descriptor. Do you know his also name? Also known as Rod Brendamore. That's right. Since May of 2018. Next, St. Louis. Why am I blanking on this right? Not blanking, but I'm just uh oh, uh Brube. Craig Brube. That's right, and that's since November of 2018. Next, we got nice. Todd McClellan. Jesus, why did I say that? <laughs> I said that backwards. I was looking right at his name. Los Angeles Kings. That's right. I mean, you would have got that. That's one of the easy ones. Yeah. I won't make that yeah. mistake again. Oh, man, I'm sleepy, guys. I woke up in Connecticut today. Anyway, he's so he's been there since April of 2019. It doesn't feel that long. Next, we have the Ottawa Senators. That's actually – yeah, that is really crazy. Ottawa, DJ Smith. Yep. He's six, did you say? Wait, what number is he? DJ Smith? Yeah. Uh, Seven. He's the seventh longest tenured coach in the NHL. Yeah, does he have a winning record? No, he does not. (laughs) His win percentage is 467. That's insane. Wow. Okay. Yikes. One of the shittiest DJs of all time. Every time I see him, I think I hate this song. Yep. Uh, Toronto. Sheldon Keefe. That's correct. November 2019. Minnesota. Minnesota is Dean Smith. Or not Dean. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Dean Evanson. <laughs> Dean Smith. The Minnesota Tar Heels. <laughs> it's been a long day for me, too. Long weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct, though. Dean Evanson. Jesus. He got hired on Valentine's Day of 2020. And that is the last pre-COVID coach. Next wow. is a next another easy one. A couple easy ones coming up. New Jersey. Jersey is the golden boy, Mr. Lindy Ruff. Correct. Somehow 11th, Buffalo. <laughs> no way, dude. Is yeah. he really 11th? Yeah. We know what he was last year? Um. Okay, what did I look at? There's five since the start of 2023, so he was like 16th. Wow. There were so many coaches that got fired at the end of two seasons ago at the end of the 21-22 season or during that season, as you're about to find out. So Buffalo, 
What's his name? Mr. Donald Granado. Yeah. Also an under 500 record, but better than DJ Smith. Donald Granado. All right. Next. Seattle. <laughs> How about that? What? <laughs> I cannot. Uh, Dave Hextall. That's insane. Yeah. Yes. Not to be confused with his former boss, Ron Hextall. Of course. Another one that's ridiculous because his winning percentage is under 400. Arizona. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Only been oh, two years. Oh, my God. Uh, to be fair to this guy. Priorni. Yes, correct. Uh, I think that's how you say it. But also, like, Recording. it's only been two years of a rebuild. I don't actually blame him, but how are there this many guys behind him in terms of experience? Yeah. Here's another guy with a bad uh, winning percentage. Uh, Montreal guy. Martin St. Louis. All right. Here's a guy that got hired literally the day after him in February of 2022. Edmonton. Jay Woodcroft. Wow. Yeah. I didn't mean yeah. Islanders. The Islanders. Uh, Lane Lambert. Yes. What a hockey name. Yeah. May 2022. Wow. What number is he? Uh, I don't know. He's right in the middle. I haven't been keeping that much track. Okay. But I think, let me see here. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, so he's right in the middle. That's Along crazy. with... <laughs> yeah so let's get to the second half of coaches here oh my god vegas oh my god vegas is uh bruce cassidy correct june 14th 2022 wow uh philadelphia uh oh my god why am i no oh torts duh yep June 17th, 2022. That was my girlfriend's 30th birthday, so I wasn't paying attention to him getting hired. Damn. Um, Shout out, Carrie. Yes. Dallas. Dallas is... Um, what? Uh, DeBoer. DeBoer. Yeah. Yes. The first year God. After True. that, mixed results. All right. The next day, this guy got hired by the Florida Panthers. Wow, Paul Maurice. Wow, that is that's wild, man. The Quenville thing seems like that was like three years ago. Well, there was a whole almost season of Brunette. Oh, yeah, that's fair too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's correct. Five days later, the Blackhawks hired. Um, 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 um Oh my God. Stop it. Luke Richardson. Correct. Fuck yeah. Excuse me. Three days later, the Detroit Red Wings hired. Then. Lalonde, Derek Lalonde. Correct. The next day, the Bruins hired. Uh, Jim Montgomery. Yes. Yep. Two days later, Winnipeg hired. Ooh. Ooh. This I uh, this might be it for me. Who you got? I don't know. Why why Rick Bonus. Oh my god. Wow. One of the weirdest careers ever. Gotta have that. That's that's a tough one to not have. I think some of the new hires I'm gonna not get. There's a I already know there's a couple names that I'm not gonna know. What about San Jose, who hired their coach last July? David Quinn. Correct. What about Vancouver? Oh, uh Tocket. Rick Tocket. Correct. January 22nd, 2023. Yeah. What about Washington? um... Is this like a guy? Like a... Yeah, I don't know who this is. (laughs) Very typical. Okay, so it's not then. 
No, I honestly, Washington's been hiring and firing. Uh, so I don't actually remember who they even had, or do I remember? Yeah, okay, I do remember actually who they had. But they've they've fired. So this is their third coach since they let our dude go. I, I can say his name, Trotz. He's a he's a GM now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. I'm not gonna. Lie. You, I. I I really don't know. I I have no idea who is it. Spencer Carberry. What? Yeah. Uh. Ooh. No. First time head coach. Played only four years in pro hockey. So I actually I don't know who this is. But the next the day the very next day May thirty first of this year Nashville hired Andrew Burnett. Correct. Yeah. I think that's an interesting hire. I don't know if it'll pay off this year, but I think it will. Do you think it ends up working out? Yeah, I think I like, you know, he, he's been around. I'll talk about this more when we do previews in a couple months, but like teams he's been around recently have been scoring a lot, haven't they? That's fair. Something to think about. Uh, anyway, I think he's boarding a sinking ship right now, but who knows? Uh, anyway, the next week, Anaheim hired a new coach. Oh, this might be another one that I have no idea. Yeah, no playing career professionally. This, this is also never coached before. This is also like not a guy, right? Not a guy. Oof. Oof. Um. No, I I really don't know. I I have no idea what this person's name is. What do you got? Uh, Greg Cronin. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well. All right, here's another good luck one. The Calgary Flames hired this guy June 12th. Uh, can you give me anything on him? Have you ever heard of him before? Nope. He apparently played professionally from 91 to 2000. He's never been a head coach. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't. It is Ryan Huska. No shot I would have got that. Yeah. The very next day, the New York Rangers hired a new coach. I had honestly forgotten about this, that they have a new coach. Peter Laviolette. That's right. That's right. He. Have, I think, uh, what, seven, what do you think the odds are that that works out? I mean, in terms of what? Making the playoffs? Yeah. They I mean, make the playoffs. <laughs> how about being a threat in the playoffs? It depends how hot Shesterkin is. That's fair. Yeah. Or how long, I guess, Panarin can hang on. I don't know. But anyway, the last guy, the most recent coach, was hired July 1st of this year. It is Columbus's new coach. Mike Babcock. Correct. Hey, well, you did it. You got, what did you get, 28 of them? Yeah, you got 28 exactly. So, Good deal. How many did you get last year? Do we know? Uh, I do not know. Damn. But, man. If you uh, if you were paying attention, you probably saw how many of these guys have coached one season or less. But let me just <laughs> rattle that off for you. It is Lane Lambert, Bruce Cassidy, John Tortorella, Peter DeBoer, Paul Maurice, Luke Richardson, Derek Lalonde, Jim Montgomery, Rick Bonus, David Quinn, Rick Tockett, Spencer Carberry, Andrew Brunette, Greg Cronin, Ryan Huska, Peter Laviolette, and Mike Babcock have coached one season or less in their current job. So half the league, that's great. <laughs> yeah, basically, and if you want to add this in, this is how you can get to half the league. All of those guys, plus Woodcroft, San Louis, have coached less than two years because they both came. They, those guys came in uh, half partway through last season or two seasons ago. So basically, <laughs> the list of guys who have coached at least two full seasons is 13 guys. Wow. List of guys that have coached at least three full seasons is 10. Uh, Four full seasons is seven. Five full seasons is four. And then at least six full seasons uh, is three guys. That's crazy. I don't know if it's always been like this, but that was just jarring to see. It's it's insane how how much has turned over in the last couple of years. I think that's probably unique circumstances. It can't always be like this. At some point, there's going to have to be some kind of stability with it. I mean, 
Yeah. Honestly, though, I think you look up, but when is the most turnover been in an NHL offseason in terms? Well, I guess in a year span, I should say. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 2022. That's a lot of guys. I can't remember it ever being like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. But also say, hey, first coach fired ahead of Granado gets him in the top 10. So looking at you, Craig Brewer Bay. Oh, baby. That's probably a safe bet. DJ Smith, maybe. Yeah, if DJ if the Senators start bad, I could see DJ Smith. Uh, who else has had him? Let's see. Lindy should be safe. Evison, I don't know. I assume Evison safe-ish, but who knows? You never know. You never know. Sheldon Keefe, if they were bad, but I don't think they will be. DJ Smith, yeah. If the Kings start bad, McClellan could be, but I don't think they will. Barube, I see him as the biggest one, and then you know, Brindamore. I think he's safe. I don't think they're very a, a very rash franchise, unfortunately. And let's see, Bednar's safe. Mike Sullivan. Hmm. That could be a nice little dark horse right there. Yeah. I got to figure Cooper's safe, but Mike Sullivan? Sullivan is a fair one. Wow. I didn't yeah. Think- it's, uh, that should be interesting. Uh, Brandon, do you have any recommendations for the people? Okay, I wanted to ask, can I recommend a product, like an item? Uh, I guess. Well, I, I mean, we've, I don't think we've ever really done that before. This is a random one. I don't know. It's not, this isn't like a sponsor thing either. Yeah, we read those in the middle. It's totally going to sound like it though. Have you ever okay. heard of Owala water bottles, Taylor? Why no, Brandon? What are those? <laughs> so I recently got one. They sell them at like Target or like Best Buy or something like that. Uh, or a store like that, I should say. And they are the, it's the best water bottle I've ever had. It is like insulated. And so when you fill it up with cold water, it stays cold for hours. Like if you, like for me, I will fill it up at night and I can do it from my Brita in my, uh, in my refrigerator. When I wake up in the morning, the water is still cold in there. And especially even if like I put like an ice cube in there or something, it's like noticeably cold when you wake up in the morning, but they're great. They're pretty good size too. So that's always a lot. I feel like it's annoying with water bottles sometimes when they're a little bit too small, but these ones are pretty good size. They're pretty convenient. They're cool looking too. They're like matte, but there's different kinds. You can do like all black or like there's various colors you can do, but they're incredible. I will tell you this as a final selling point for why I think people should buy them. If you are like a water drinker, which I try to always do that, like make myself. And I feel like having a water bottle encourages me to drink water more throughout the day, obviously, you know, health reasons and whatnot. And what I will say though, is I had two different people prior to me getting it. One friend and uh, a coworker were like, you got to try this water bottle. It's crazy. And they sounded like how I sound right now, like a lunatic, like going on a rant about a water bottle. But both of them said, trust me, when you get this, you'll realize it is the best water bottle you ever had. Totally worth it. It's like 25 bucks or something like that. They were very correct. I love this thing. Really, really good to the point that I wanted to tell you about it in case you needed to get in, in the habit of drinking water more or wanted to buy mm. a water bottle. I was just thinking water do be hitting different when you're thirsty. See? So I'll consider that. My recommendation is the movie Talk to Me. Tell me about it. Scary. Ooh. So if you're a horror sicko, I would say definitely see this in theaters. It is one of the highest grossing A24 movies, especially A24 horror movies. It's really awesome. It's super scary. I would say two things I can really say that sell it are it's authentically non-jump scary type scary, like really creepy. Um, and then the other thing is it doesn't pull punches. That's that's big because I think that can be a problem. Well, a lot of movies want to be franchises, so it can be a problem in that case. But like, gotta say, the end of the movie, I watched it and I was shaken. It was good. It was really good. It wasn't. I would say like, if you're, if you're thinking a twenty four horror, you might be thinking about Ari Aster, and it's it's not quite at that level in terms of filmmaking, but I would say really impressive in general, like the scares and the story, the acting, it's an Australian production. So it was mostly all Australian actors. <laughs> the directors are actually YouTubers, but <laughs> this is their feature film. Sorry, debut. Don't let, <laughs> they're YouTubers. Yeah. Don't let that deter you. They are really good though. They did a really good job on their debut and wow. 
really scary. Very cool. Okay, nice. I will not watch that, but anybody who that sounds remotely interested in, interesting to you, by all means, check that out. Yeah, see that in theaters. It's uh, it's quite a movie to see in theaters. Oh, it's out right now. Cool. Yes. Hey, do you want to see Oppenheimer this week, by the way? Possibly. I have not seen it still, and I want to change that. It's a great movie. So all right. I might see it again. I'll text you. Good stuff. Great. We love it. All right, Folks, come to trivia. Come to trivia. Yes, 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 yes. Please come Wednesday night again. This coming Wednesday, we'll be having trivia at Thin Man Chandler starting at 7 p.m. You can call Thin Man Chandler ahead of time if you'd like to. But it's a huge space, so it's going to be a great time. We can pack a lot of people in there. We hope you all can come out and join us. It's going to be so much fun. And again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you are currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows on it on both networks. And finally, of course, make sure you're following both of the presenters of this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us, Straight Up Sabres, Straight Sabres on Twitter. And make sure, again, wherever you're listening to this episode right now, before you close out of this app, make sure you leave us a nice little rating or review as we'd very much appreciate it. Last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors that we love very dearly. Of course, starting off with DraftKings Sportsbook, make sure you use that promo code THPN. Also, Raycon, they're back, folks. Our dear, dear pal Ray J has returned to us, and we are so happy to be promoting his wonderful audio products. So make sure you are checking out Raycon. You can go to the show notes to get more details on how you can take advantage of great deals through Raycon. And last but not least, Thin Man Brewery. Again, we'll see you at Trivia on Wednesday, but if you can't make it then, make sure you're heading over to Thin Man Chandler hanging out there, getting some great food, some great drinks, and making sure you're also, wherever you buy your beer, picking up some of that great Thin Man beer. Folks, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Sabres.